All right. I know you want to do it. Do it. Monogaming! Bam, 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 bam. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for blood? Bro, ooh, and they look like little pellets. Except that we were talking about the movie where there, I don't think, that, literally there is no blood. The bloodless coup. <laughs> hey, Thomas Jefferson said that. Well, about to Mortal your inner child is an idiot. This is the podcast where we revisit things from childhood and see if they're any good. My name is DJ. That's Damon over there adjusting his mic loudly. <laughs> uh, hello. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see you there. <laughs> come, come in. Come into my podcast. Uh, that, that got weird. Yeah. We're going to talk about Mortal Kombat, the movie. We're still continuing on with our twin films thing. And twinsies, this is, twinsies year. This is less a twin film because everybody knows Mortal Kombat is the one with blood, except for the movie, which is not bloody. Um, but this isn't, I mean, this is not, I mean, it's still a fighting game that was made in 1994. It's a fighting movie that was almost made in no one in it. 1995. Mm, now that is a bloodless coup. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you say that this one you're expecting to actually enjoy because it's just them fighting? Or okay, uh, you're really rounding up there. I never said the word <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> I said I feel like this will be a better adaptation of the video game. Uh, because I from... think there's actual fighting <laughs> and there might actually be people's lives at stake, which makes it a mortal combat. Except for it's spelled with a K in the video game, which is actually meaningless. <laughs> right? It's, wow, they misspelled it on purpose. They're so edgy. That's, what the, that's actually what Joe Lieberman was fighting against. He sort of got the blood because he realized like. You know, people really react to violence in video games. Mm-hmm. He's really just pissed off about the misspelling. Purposeful right. marketing misspellings. That's why That's why there are so many uh, sanctions against Toys R Us. Because it's like, fuck your backwards R. Split right! And what are those apostrophes doing? Um, also, are you literal toys? Do toys run the store? <laughs> toys are... Are you saying toys are me or toys are you? <laughs> Who's the us? Is that the, the store? Are you addressing me as like your little plaything, like some sort of us? weird capitalism thing? I saw the words Mortal Kombat together in a real sentence. Like I was reading a, <laughs> an article about, about something and I was like, why does that look so weird? And I like stared at it. But for several seconds before I was like, I've seen the misspelled video game thing too often that the words Mortal Kombat not only are meaningless to me, but they... Look wrong when they're spelled right in lowercase in a sentence with a C over. Is that when you decided to not finish your letter to the editor? That's when I um, uh, gave up on everything. Dear sir or madam, I couldn't help but to notice that your (laughs) article on Mortal's Combat. No, I'm done. I did all this. You spelled and capitalized Mortal Combat wrong. (laughs) I'm never reading InfoWars again. They would and, have articles about Mortal Kombat. And uh, that's why they were kicked off of um, all these uh, platforms recently. All those purposeful spellings mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, I'm on you, a roll okay. today. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it funny in, in post. Don't worry about <laughs> just it. Just have, have the Roseanne audience in the background just laughing. <laughs> uh, Why Roseanne? Why did I pick the most like fraught <laughs> thing? I could, literally couldn't. The, the challenge was name a sitcom. And I was like, oh, I know the KKK. You're off your reference game. That's the worst part. So all of your favorite characters, I think, are in this movie. We got Johnny Cage. We got Sonya. We got Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero, Scorpion. Uh, Raiden. Raiden. Goro. Goro. Who's the Shang Tsung? Who's the? Yeah, he's in it. Sun Tzu. <laughs> the Art of Combat with a K. Uh-huh. Uh, Mao Zedong is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You've got Henry Jones Sr., but... Uh, Indiana Jones is an unlockable character right, later on right, in the right, movie. Right. Um, you've got uh, Confucius. He's in there. Um, <laughs> Iron Man shows up at one point, but it was before that was a thing, so no one really cared. Right. Uh, you know, who else is in it? Um, you've got Kangaroo Jack, which was a <laughs> weird. It was like, this movie hasn't even come out yet. Why are you trying to do a crossover thing? They, were, they try to capitalize on the Teletubbies. Success. Yeah. So Tinky Winky is an unlocked. Yeah, character. only Tinky Winky and Poe, but you couldn't get other. We'll enter those <laughs> the in later. Red one. <laughs> a Poe is the red. Damn it. That's um, the one they tried to. There was Tinky Winky was the gay one, and Poe was the secret communist. Did you ever oh. hear the lesser known I Teletubbies? Tinky, oh, oh, because he's red. She's red, and um, she garbles some nonsense that sounds like Mao Zedong or something. Okay. Um, so the only things that they need to do to like be faithful to the video game is fight, have these characters, yes, say finish him at some point, at least once, have someone scream Mortal Kombat. They've got to like do a fatality, right? Like, I mean, I know that's after that you say finish him. I would imagine there's got to be like spikes somewhere. Yeah, like, maybe blood. And blood, right? Yeah. It's got to piss off Joe Lieberman. Yeah. And I don't think this is a bloody video game or a bloody movie. No, I don't get the feeling uh, it is. I mean, it is in the because they were like colloquialism the kids can buy a bloody video game, but the kids who are playing that bloody video game cannot go see a horribly gory movie. So we have to make it a PG-13 movie. It's weird, right? It's where the ratings don't line up. Yeah. Got to get these teens in here. Do you think... (laughs) Like it's weird that they're that like we're so okay with we're we're okay we're like weirdly prudish about violence sometimes. Are you just coming to this conclusion now? No, I'm just I'm trying to come up with it. Because if Sonya's top fell off, like the world would end. Yeah, right, exactly. But if she like rips a man's spinal column out from his body with her bare hands, you know, just put a sticker on the box. It should be fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. Also, have a gun, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what could, what Here, could go and wrong? a free gun just taped on the back of the box, laminated in. So it's like, you know, when you get like a free razor with your edge shaving cream and the, the razors are <laughs> yeah. sort of like laminated in there. It's just a gun on the back yeah. of Mortal Kombat. Welcome to America. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. I and mean, that like, is the insightful political humor that's, people tune That's in why for. people come to us. Um I don't like. There's no really story to Mortal Kombat. So, is there anyone in this movie? I know Christopher Lambert Highlander is in this movie, no playing idea. an Asian character, Raiden. I believe he plays Raiden. Okay. So that's 
that got the seal of approval by me. Got the white guy's seal of approval. <laughs> ching. Why? Don't say ching. Um, <laughs> edit that. Out. <laughs> because uh, he's a white guy. Christopher Lambert's just some white guy. He plays Raiden? I believe so. Oh if God. memory serves. Movie. Um, eh, it's on Netflix right now, so let's just watch it. You just it. went, huh? I got nothing else to say. There's not, there's not really much they need to do to be faithful to the game other than things that they failed to execute in Street Fighter, which is fighting on the street. Yeah, instead of like one fight at the end in like some sort of like James Bondian lair. Yeah. Not a street. If you put it in a hallway, I might have rounded up to street. Because it's the street of a building. I think with this one, with Mortal Kombat, I think they do just, uh, we'll have to see, but I think they do just like get roped into a fighting tournament. And so it's like all fights. And so that makes sense. And I think that's the general premise of Mortal Kombat, the game as well. And it's a low bar to clear. Like the Mario Brothers could not clear the bar of like, what happens in the video game? Well, they jump on turtles and mushroom men. Right, right. Uh, We're going to make it like a dystopian political (laughs) thing. Already failed. (laughs) Well, the guys are wearing red and green. I feel like we cleared some bar. My favorite quote from Damon Xanthopoulos ever in the history of this podcast. The princess, she's to your right after a while. (laughs) (laughs) that's all they had to do all right actually they incorporated that mario could not move to his left that would have been great if he could not go back he's not an he just had to keep going yeah (laughs) all right we'll be right back in just a minute ambi turner it's like some sort of platform okay so you do the commercial while i provide the music okay ready Patreon.com. <laughs> Wait, stop. Because I literally don't know what to say. Sure you do. I'll, I'll start it again. You probably weren't inspired. I'll start the music again. That's probably what's holding. Do you want to save the Earth realm from the Outworlds invasion? Well, then you can help us on patreon.com slash your child's an idiot, where you can donate money to keep us from being invaded by the outworld and also keep this podcast running. One of those two things, maybe both. And, um, you know, you can donate uh, different amounts and get different uh, prizes from us, such as songs by DJ, drawings by me. Your name read out in the credits, your name just written somewhere in the show notes, maybe. Um, so that's patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. Thank you. That was it. Patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. And we are back. Boy, what a what a couple of movies we've been watching. Oh, uh, DJ, I, you know, I don't like to nitpick, but that was actually just one movie. Well, I was including the uh, 
other fighting movie that we Oh watched. no, it was just like I know it felt like three hours, but it was actually just one <laughs> one movie. That you know, explains... Did you notice the act structure? Yeah. That explains why it wasn't they... actually three movies like Lord of the Rings. It was actually just one movie that was just going on contiguously. That explains why they kept all the fighting for the second half. <laughs> um our Mortal Kombat bingo. I think we got I think we got all of them except for the blood. No. No. Remember? There was one drop of blood. Chang Sung. Chang Sung. He got blood. That's true. He did get a bloody leg. Can't deny the blood. Um it was disgusting. It was like, ugh. It was like so gory. It was almost the color of regular blood. <laughs> or it was like he was drinking cranberry juice kind of sloppily. Oh. So visceral. Ugh, no, no, thank you. Um, you I mean- came to this Mortal Kombat movie for good family entertainment. For a good wholesome. Not for gore. A good wholesome you want death gore? fighting tournament. I always say, you want gore? There's the door. Go- <laughs> I've always said that. Remember that time? Uh-huh. I was your your great uncle's funeral? Yeah. And I said I was I wasn't here for gore because he was actually crushed under a bus. So it was awesome. And open coffin may not have been the best choice. And I said, if you're here for gore, there's the door. It was also October 2000, though, so it made a lot more sense then, <laughs> right? Because I was a big George W. Bush supporter, right, so I was right. like, hey, hey, get out of here. If you're here for gore, get out of here. Let me try to recap this movie. Ooh, by all means, because I don't know if I wrote down a semblance of a plot. Let's start with Act 1. Go. Well, I'm not going to do an act structure because there's no way. You're right. Let's start with Act 2. Go. (laughs) We'll work back to Act 2 or Act 1 in media race. Go back over to Act 3. It's great. We got got your Sonya Blade. She's She works for some sort of special forces militaristic law enforcement thing. She's after vengeance for her partner who was killed by Shang Tsung and sh- or by, you know, by Kano who was being, okay. And we got Kano who's uh, the robotic eye guy from mm-hmm. the video game. You always need a robotic eye yeah. guy. But he's working for Shang Tsung. Okay. She follows Kano onto this boat, ends up in the, tur- the big tournament thrown by Shang Tsung. Yeah. The boat was the lure to get people to the tournament. Yeah. It's kind of like a carnival cruise line. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Cage ends up on the, on the boat. He's a movie star. He's not being taken seriously by the press. <laughs> They're like, he's just an actor. He can't fight. Like, you know, you see all those things from the press about criticizing people's fighting skills in <laughs> movies. Yeah. So he decides to enter the tournament to prove himself. Mm-hmm. Under... Tricks. Uh, a little bit of tricksiness from Shang Tsung as well. So he ends up on the boat. We got Liu Kang. Yeah. Uh, who is a muscular Asian man with the hair of a young Linda Rodstad. <laughs> and he wants to, he wants revenge on Shang Tsung for the murder of his brother, which we see at the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. And so he enters the tournament to take his revenge on Shang Tsung. Say Shang Tsung <laughs> as much as you can, please. So our heroes... Uh, and Shang Tsung is just a normal guy? Shang Tsung is a mystical, soul-stealing wizard guy. And he works for the emperor of the outworld, 
which is another dimension? Yeah. Okay. I want to say yeah. And it's take, definitely not like south of like Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, you know, <laughs> big purple region. You know, that the outworld, I believe the outworld is just a place in your heart, you know? <laughs> Ooh, baby. Do you know what that's worth? Outworld is a a place place on Earth. Now, now, is that different? And I don't know if it's under the same umbrella corporation, Mm -hmm. but I I got a a multi-park pass, Mm -hmm. Westworld, (laughs) Shogun World, and then Outworld. Was that all? Is that the same Outworld? Do you have a day pass or do you have a weekend, a three-day? Oh, no, I go weekender because I want to rape as many robots as possible. (laughs) That's my thing. You get the three-day pass. You can enter. Uh, you can enter Outworld Studios, <laughs> which is which has the new Harry Potter, which is what Ooh, you really want to nice. see. That's nice. So anyway, uh, our heroes, in quotes, uh, <laughs> are all on the seahorse boat, and they go to the Outworld. Um, they're also accompanied by Raiden from the video game. Who's played by a white guy. Everyone here, you don't have to say from the video game. That's true. Because this is a movie based on a video game. True. In fact, you can just specify when they're not from the video That's game. That's true. There, he's played by a white guy, and he's an actual god of thunder. Right. Uh, from mythology. And he is there to just... I don't he's know not, if it's, it's not based on actual... It's just right. Mortal Kombat right. theology. And he's, he's there... He's not really entered in the tournament. He's sort of playing he's sort of playing referee. He's like, "Yo, yo." Is he? Well, sort of. This is my time to for me to work out the plot. Listen, I'm I'm playing within the rules of the movie, which are stupid. Okay. There were rules? That's exactly my problem with this <laughs> is they keep referring to we'll get to that. You know, okay. what? save that in your back pocket. Yeah. Get into the recap. Okay, so Don't let me try and get you off off topic. The whole thing is Shang Tsung wants to win. I guess he's participating in this tournament. Of course. But if he or his outworld cronies win this 10th Mortal Kombat tournament, they get to invade the Earth, like our dimension. Mm -hmm. This is the 10th one. One happens every generation. And if they win 10 in a row, they they get the Earth. (laughs) Something. I don't remember agreeing to that. I don't know who yeah. signed that contract. Sign that. Doesn't that sound like something that would just come across Trump's desk and he'd just okay <laughs> it, though? Yeah. He's like, yeah, that sounds right. Ten in a row. I'm not going to have to fight, right? It'll never happen. I've got these bone spurs. I couldn't fight. <laughs> so have we? Therefore, we're fighting. The, I got to mention uh, Sub-Zero and Scorpion. They are they're warriors that are under Shang Tsung's control. Right. And so they're kind of more like batty henchmen guys and they they fight in the tournament as well but not they, really they have the same stylist yes yeah as well as later there's uh reptile appears in the um in the form of a very well done uh cgi reptile creature that oh that was cgi that eventually turns into his similar stylist to to sub-zero mm-hmm. he's the green mm-hmm. version of that to fight later through a series of events. Um, man, this is tough to recap. Uh, so Cause nothing happens, but plenty happens. Yeah. Uh, Goro's there. He's the, <laughs> the, the baddie number two to Shang Tsung with the yeah. forearms. He fights, uh, eventually Johnny Cage defeats Scorpion. Johnny Cage defeats Goro. 
Yeah. Uh, Liu Kang defeats Reptile uh, and Sub-Zero. Sonya defeats Kano. Um, and... Yeah. And then Sonya is kidnapped by Shang Tsung. Because she's a woman, so she gets she's kidnapped. she's a woman, even though she's a badass fighter, just like... He like somebody. grabs her hair and then she's like yeah. incapacitated. And he is he takes her to the emperor's like a different part of the dimension. Takes her to the emperor's castle. <laughs> well, we, we were not in a separate dimension at first. When they do that weird portal thing when he's got her by the hair and they do in that big that's, deep, the that's when we're like, "Oh, now we're in the outer world." Okay, so right? before we were just on some island or something. Some magical island where compasses don't work. Sure. Okay. Fine. Um, and then... I mean, I just he, feel like you weren't picking up on the motor combat mythos that was being laid down. Shang Tsung challenges Sonya to fight because that's he knows he can beat her. Yeah, he lays down this rule at the last minute, which I could not follow, but yeah. he gets to fight whoever he wants. Right. She says no, and then he says, you know what? Her right. I will fight Johnny Cage, who has followed me into this dimension to save Sonya in a very clever rope disguise. Mm-hmm. And and Liu Kang says, no, I will fight you because I am the chosen one, which is as designated just now. Another piece of mythology that just appeared <laughs> out of nowhere. And then Liu Kang defeats Shang Tsung. Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy. The world <laughs> that outworld is is turning back to a happy place until. Oh, which it, oh, oh, the enormous emperor. The uh, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man of mm-hmm. the Outworld appears. I will steal all of your souls. Mm-hmm. Raiden, <laughs> I don't think so, buddy. Yeah. And then we get credits. Teasing the inevitable sequel to Mortal Kombat. Which was actually made. Mortal Kombat colon Annihilation. Yeah. By the way, whew, I had some Thai food. That was colon Annihilation. <laughs> oh, no! Cheers to that. Yeah, that's great. A little call out to the fact that most of this movie was filmed in Thailand. <laughs> Thailand. They sponsored our sponsored this podcast, their tourism bureau. <laughs> um, okay. Now what, Damon? Go. I'm so glad you here. asked. I so um what what should I I be starting with good things, bad things? What should I um Let's talk about the one most obvious difference between this movie. And, and any Fighter. movie ever made? Well, okay. and Street Fighter. <laughs> let's not let's not get crazy. Let's not go comparing this to actual movies. Yeah. There is by far more fighting in this movie, which is what you paid for. This is what you lined yeah. up on opening night to get your tickets for. Which I assume people did. As a 13-year-old Damon Xanthopoulos. Well, don't bring him into this. In your in your all pink, uh, pink and uh, gray. Uh, katana. What is that? Come dressed as katana. Yeah, I was trying to think. Of, yeah, didn't was, she have was, like fans in the game? Yes. Or did she yeah. have like a just the color swapped version who also had fans? Was that another person? Maybe. Oh, <sighs> you and I should go as Sub Zero and Scorpion, right for Halloween. That'd That's be great because we just have to buy, you know, two copies of the same black leotard and then just, you know, just big swaths that we cross over our chests mm-hmm. and then big uh, masks. Bane masks. Yeah. Call it a day. And I get weird contacts. I am Gotham's record. And then I get uh, weird snakes that come out of my palm. Oh, my God. The snake. Hold on. 
Okay. This has a lot more fighting, so I think what yes. you were getting. Yeah. That, and and you know, like that's within five minutes, there's more fighting in this movie than the entirety of Street Fighter. Yes, and that is not that is if it's an exaggeration, it's barely an exaggeration. And some of these combats were mortal. That's true. They're between mortals, and sometimes people died. <laughs> Uh, so you got to hand it to them. My, I doff my cap to you, Paul mm. W.S. Anderson, um, not to be confused with Paul Thomas Anderson. Is that – can you confirm that is, – is that like a union rule that like – is that why Paul Thomas Anderson goes by Paul Thomas Anderson? Because this Paul Anderson was already – But this Paul – I mean this guy – I mean he is credited as Paul Anderson in this movie. In this movie. Yeah. But later on when he made the Resident Evil uh, movies – um and ultraviolet another shite um he goes by paul w s anderson okay but paul thomas anderson goes by well put pta it put, put it together yeah um parent, parent teacher association <laughs> yeah um but i don't know if there is a union rule that there is with actors there might be i don't know probably is sure Maybe. but why do they both go by middle names maybe there's yet another Paul Anderson. He's like, I make pornos, but I got the name first. I mean, Paul Anderson is a pretty common name. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. I want to give this movie credit for having the fighting tournament that the game involves, which yes. I think is a hard yeah. thing. Like when you have sort of, I don't want to say dumb. I'm not a big fan of fighting games because yeah. I kind of find them repetitive and boring. Yeah. But I mean, that is, I mean, the, each one has like a tournament structure. And this one's right. like, we will replicate the tournament structure. Our tournament will be part of the plot. Where Street Fighter was like, can we get geopolitical politics involved? Right. And it's like, no, why would you do that? You don't know what you're talking about, for one. You've made up half the countries that are involved, too. Right. Um, and you don't have any fucking fighting in there. Um, but this one, I mean, has the cojones to say, let's, don't say cojones. What what am I? My volleyball coach? I wasn't even in volleyball. <laughs> what just happened? You just had a verbal meltdown. <laughs> but this one actually goes ahead and makes it part of the plot to have yeah. a fighting tournament, and then you know makes effort to create a plot where that tournament makes sense. You know, uh, it's up to the gods whether they succeeded or not. <laughs> but um, they they made an effort. Now, I mean, tournaments, I'm not a sports guy, but I have a I I have a general, you know, idea of how those work. Sure. I fill out an NCAA bracket in March. It's not based on any knowledge of the teams. Usually it's based on how goofy their mascots are, but mm. I mean I fill it out. Yeah. Um, so I understand how that works. This one though, there seems to be a lot of rules mm. that the movie never cares to explain. I don't know how Earth got involved in this tournament to begin with. Under duress? Do clearly, we just yeah, get clearly, forced into a tournament? Yeah. And there seems to be a lot of rules being thrown out. I'm not sure what is a valid fight in the tournament and what isn't. I mean, yeah. the, ga- the the first fight we see is Liu Kang. And I don't know if he ever even gets named, but another fighter um, with a bow staff. Yeah. And uh, Liu Kang wins, and that guy's soul gets sucked into Shang Tsung's eye or whatever. And then later on... Uh, Liu Kang fights Katana, and they sort of play fight while Katana keeps like whispering secrets in his ear. Yeah, and Shang Tsung is like, "Hey, stop whispering secrets in his ear." Um, and then 
no one has to die in that fight, and no one seems to be declared a loser in that fight. Yeah. Later on, uh, Johnny Cage is approached in a forest by Scorpion, and they fight. I'm like, is this a valid fight? Are you guys just sort of like fighting on the uh, offsides or whatever? Sports terms. And then uh, <laughs> Sub-Zero fights Liu Kang, and that... I guess that's a fight. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. Shang Tsung is sitting there in a big chair going, hmm, hmm. Yeah. and other times they're just alone in an alleyway. And I'm like, is this a real fight or is this just we're play fighting? I feel like, yeah, they, there were ancillary fights. And they, then all of a sudden he kidnaps a woman. And that's like, apparently like that's within the gameplay. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Like, why did he need to kidnap her? Couldn't he have just like fought her, challenged her? That's or what? part of the tournament. She is a player in this tournament. Yeah, and they didn't really make it clear when, like, because I think Scorpion and Sub Zero were working for Shang Tsung, and they they were, I think, trying to kill our heroes outside of the tournament. I can de- one. I can confirm they were trying to kill our heroes. Well, yes, no doubt about that. But I mean, they were trying to like Put take them bed. out of the tournament, which is uh, weird because before the tournament began. I guess, but it's like, why wouldn't they just fight them in the tournament? Because those guys were also because it's the already tur- sort of a fighting tournament where people can die. Yeah, I mean, what's the right. difference between killing them, uh, you know, off, like uh, outside of the tournament and in the tournament? If they could, if they could defeat them in a fight, why wouldn't you just make it official? <laughs> Why use, I mean, are you so addicted to skullduggery at this point? You can't tell the difference between legality and illegality. Maybe that's the real tragedy of mm, Shang Tsung. Wow. Where he just, he doesn't even, he can't even operate within the rules because he's so addicted to the rush of, you know, duplicitousness. Mm. Cactus. Or maybe it was a shittily written movie. Because um, there's another moment. I guess the rule, uh, I think Goro is supposed to be the champion, right? Yes. And yes. that's why at the last minute when Goro gets beaten, Shang Tsung is just like, oh, by the way, I can come in at any moment and say, I, I'm going to fight the winner. And because uh, that's why he kidnaps the woman. Right. I do, Actually, I don't know why he kidnaps the woman at all. Yeah. Just fight Johnny Cage like apparently you wanted to do. It just seemed like, I mean, let's be honest. It seemed like the movie's producers were like, can we get that woman chained up yeah. in any way and maybe tease her hair out? <laughs> Yeah, who did her hair in the meantime? White Snake, not not White Snake stylus, but the band White Snake came in and just did her hair. David Coverdale came in <laughs> with his with his pick and his Aquanet and made it happen. <laughs> Tawny Katane did get a consultant's <laughs> credit though. Don't don't feel bad for Tawny. Let me ask you a question, please. Were Scorpion and Sub Zero in the tournament as fighters? You know, uh, it's not clear. I, I it's not clear because every fight they have seems to be. So maybe not, that's maybe that's the explanation. Not in the tournament is that they weren't in the tournament. But why not have them in the tournament? <laughs> you just put them in. It doesn't seem to they're be any... in the game. It's not like you're their characters yeah. you made up. Yeah. Oof. Okay. I mean, they're fully fleshed out and fully realized because one wears yellow and one wears blue. <laughs> While we're on it, let's go ahead and talk about this. So, their sexuality. Yes. The hints, I, I, the hints of their gayness that are dropped throughout the movie. I saw not penis one of those two, <laughs> and it really frustrated me. No, okay, so Scorpion and Sub-Zero, at least when I played this game regularly, which mm-hmm. was 
admittedly when it first came out. Like, so 1994, 95, 94, uh, those were by far the most popular characters. You'd always pick Sub-Zero or Scorpion. I mean, usually, those are probably the first characters I would name and I didn't really play the game at all. Usually Scorpion because you can do that thing. Get over here. And he'd like shoot out his uh, spear rope and then pull you back and then you'd uppercut the person. And it's like a... It's one of those annoying moves like Blanca's electricity move in Street Fighter 2 where it's, where it's really, like you have no response. You, it's to really it. hard to defend yeah. against. Um, they not only are they like not necessarily in the tournament, but also there are minions of Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung, which is kind of frustrating. Not that they had this amazing backstory to learn from, but also they're killed like halfway through the movie. Right. You'd think they'd be. I mean, kind of like Goro, like built up. Well, yeah. I mean, this movie sort of has that problem in spades where Goro gets defeated in some sort of Wile E. Coyote type yes. way yeah. where he's tricked into falling off of a cliff. Right. Uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero are sort of built to be these sort of like, ooh, they're like introduced fairly early in the movie yeah. uh, and kind of, I wouldn't say cool, but you can tell the movie thinks it's cool <laughs> yeah. ways. Um so it, it feels like the movie's sort of antagonizing into thinking like these are the big bads and they are killed in, I would say like in the early part of act two. Yeah. Yeah. And Goro is killed in sort of like an anticlimactic fight. Like, you know, Johnny Cage meet meeps all over him. Right. <laughs> and, um, the, the same sort of thing happens with, Oh, Kano. Is that his name? Yeah. Kano. Um, uh, what's her name? Blade. Sonya. Uh, that is her antagonist. That's the reason right. she enters the tournament is she's trying to avenge her her fallen partner. Mm-hmm. And Kano apparently killed him or her. But I think it's him. Um, that's, you know, before the movie begins. Right. That's that's her that's sort her of motivation. motivation. Yeah. And he's sort of built up as a character. He gets sort of a he gets Again, a, not a good scene, but you can tell that the movie thinks it's a good scene where he's eating dinner with he Goro. Yeah. He gets a cake next to him. He's eating a, you know, a Disney World style, you know, turkey leg and yeah. spitting out most of it. So I'm like, what is the point of even picking it up, buddy? <laughs> um and he's having sort of uh good day, mate. I'm gonna kill all these people down in the tin. I mean Um He's Australian. Yeah, I know. I know mm-hmm. I, you probably already knew that because you're like, yeah. that's a flawless. Yeah, not even just an Australian accent. That has to be, you know, <laughs> Perth. Is that a Sydney, Australia? Yeah, perfect yeah. Perth accent. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, I'm so into Australia that I can't even remember the towns in it. <laughs> that's how you know into Australia as a whole I am. But he dies also fairly early, and he's also kind of revealed as not that great a fighter. He's sort of like a. La- I mean, he's the first fight fight that Sonya has. He's the second fight in the whole the the second tournament fight in the whole movie, and he's defeated fairly easily. Yeah, he comes in with a giant knife, like kind of like Crocodile Dundee, like knife. I've got a big knife for me, and uh, she kicks it out of his hand almost immediately, and that's pretty much the she, deal. She legs him to death. She does leg him to death with her calves of steel. She does one of... Uh, she scissors his head until it comes <laughs> off. Except it doesn't come off. That would have been cool. Uh, and would have probably given this movie an R rating. An R rating, which they were trying to avoid. Uh, one of me and Lauren's favorite thing to do when we're, when we're watching uh, the Marvel movies, 
is, you know, anytime Black Widow's on screen, she's going to leg him. Yeah. Whoever she's fighting. At some point during the fight, she's going to leg him. Her most valuable weapon yeah, she's is gonna, her she's legs. She's going to jump on his shoulders, flip him over with her legs, legs. usually. Or some, women got legs. Or some variation on that theme. What, look, women, I don't want to be sexist here. Leg women, him. Women have a unique tool, which is having legs. No <laughs> other creature on earth has it. I'll tell you what. So when you got them. You gotta use them. This reminds me of my 80s uh, stand-up bit. Women be legging. (laughs) Women be legging. Men, you know what I'm talking about. You ever see these women with the legs? Uh, Another highlight. Around that scene with Kano, uh, before he dies, obviously, when he's eating his mutton, uh, (laughs) they are in that same room. Chicken's got nothing on this mutton, he's probably saying. Our heroes, Johnny Cage, Liu Kang, and Sonya, come back into that room later after those guys go away, and then they get attacked by all the henchmen. Yes. And then we get we get the first real blast of the Mortal Kombat theme in the movie. And then... Except for... It's not Mortal Kombat. <laughs> they sort of kick all these guys until they sort of fall down. And they stay, I will admit, they stay laid down. But it they're obviously just, not dead. It is just combat. I'll give you the they K. They were pushed to death. I'll just give you that K in combat, but I will not give you mortal. <laughs> I will give you combat with a K. Um, and that scene is a great example of Raiden shows up willing. I mean, they've just fought maybe three or four. Yeah. Actually, it's probably like nine guys. Yeah. Um, pushed them down, and they're <laughs> laying down now. And Raiden, the Thunder God, who is presumably a good guy, uh, he comes in and he's like, <laughs> he's very Tommy Wiseau, I have to say. Yeah, he's laughing at inappropriate times. He doesn't seem to have the normal reaction that anyone would have to things. Um, and he goes, "Oh, you guys have done so well, but what about?" them and the three heroes apparently didn't notice the 40 people that just walked in (laughs) and have surrounded them and then he says right before they're about to these these henchmen these rando henchmen are about to attack raiden stops them anyway with mind control i think it was intimidation not mind control was that it i think he was showing his power because he has like a little spark come out of his hand and he's like (sighs) ah 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 and then all the guys are like, kind of like, okay, why? Well, See, I, I mean, know. that may be the case, but that was not the feeling I got. I've got the feeling like he was mind controlling them because they just, he was there the whole time and they just, they were approaching them earlier and then they stopped. Yeah. And got out of his way. Yeah. But also, like, what is Raiden's role in this? He doesn't ever fight like he does in the game. No. I guess he shows up at random times. Yeah. And he sort of like says a lot of nonsense. He's supposed to be like Jiminy Cricket, I think. You think he's supposed to be like <laughs> helping them out, just sort of like saying some wise words and then tipping his cap and leaving the right. room. But he doesn't have any wise words to say. He's not really that helpful. He's just like there and he uh, speaks in gibberish. There's some. Disappears. Yeah. And then shows up an hour later to go, What did you do? There's, to Johnny Cage, who made some sort of agreement that I couldn't even understand. Right. The, throughout all of this, it seems like there's some sort of mythology text that we're supposed to be referring to. Now, like, 
that can be executed well. Like, you know, the, of course, the Star Wars universe is a great example where there's like lots of other stuff that you don't really need to know to enjoy right. the story. But it makes it feel like a fully realized. But there's place. like stuff off screen happening. Sure. That's, that's the idea. And I think that's what they're trying to do with all this. But it's just kind of confusing because they're like, what the hell is that? Like, if you're like, I've never, when watching Star Wars, been like, what the hell is a Kessel Run? You get, you get <laughs> right. it from context, and it does not matter. You do not well, need I it Well, I think the reason for that is that Star Wars, in terms of its plot, at least the original trilogy, and I would say the same with Lord of the Rings, which I understand much better, yeah. is that they, under, they, they, they frame what their plot that you actually need to focus on, like, what are we doing here? Right. Well, we, Sauron wants to take over the world, and we want to stop him, and the way to stop him is destroy this magic ring. Right. That has some of his power, and if we destroy that, he won't be able to destroy the world. But it explains that enough, and the rest is just sort of dressing. Like, it's, it's I don't need building. to know, it's, like, yeah. you know, Tom Bombadil and all the different types of elves, but if right. you mention them, it makes the world feel more real. Right. But this movie doesn't explain the plot it's actually trying to get me invested in right and then also just throws in all this dressing as well which makes me think oh maybe that's something that means something or maybe i should be paying attention to that because right. i still don't understand what this plot is about so maybe i need to pay attention to this thing that raiden's talking about that makes absolutely no fucking sense and this this agreement that johnny cage apparently made with shang sung accidentally because everyone is a fucking moron in this movie yeah i mean that was one thing i noticed while i was watching it is that I couldn't tell how the movie wanted me to feel about our heroes, Liu Kang, Sonya Blade, and Johnny Cage. Mm. I just want to keep saying their name because they're so fucking ridiculous. Because <laughs> um, the feeling I got was like, these people are morons. Yes. Nothing yeah. they're doing makes any sense. But it felt like the movie, I couldn't tell if the movie wanted me to think that they were morons. Because I feel like it would have leaned into comedy a little bit more. Because yeah. they seem to be making mistakes constantly. But they seem to not cause any real big fuck-ups because of their stupidity. They, they didn't... You don't need a complicated plot to, to create something at least interesting. Like, And I think, like we said, with street, in contrast with Street Fighter, like they did a good job like being like, there's a tournament fight. Right. And they didn't need much more. In fact, they, there might be more mythology ideas than they could handle. In this movie, yeah. which is why there are so many kind of loose threads to it. And but I think there's something there to being like Liu Kang at the end when he's fighting uh Shang Tsung is like, I am the chosen one. And we're like, what the fuck does what are you talking about? Right. But you wouldn't need much more to make you know, you'd need like a couple other lines, not even scenes. Yeah. Other uh, other places in the movie to sort of make us understand what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, there's some sort of, uh, near the third act, there's an assumption that Liu Kang has to, has to be the one to fight him. Yeah. And I'm like, based on what? Right. Why? Um, and, and there's this, also, it builds on this idea that Shang Tsung has like the souls of departed, although, I mean, we do see that throughout the, the game, the, the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, his, I mean, game, in the he game, he yeah. actually, I mean, I was going to say, like, in this, movie he has the souls of departed warriors and they come to life but they're easily defeated yeah. by Liu Kang they're these like guys who just show up and they're apparently the souls of departed warriors that Shang Tsung had defeated in the game it meant that Shang Tsung could like fight as any other fighter you had defeated beforehand right, right. as you were going which would have been 
kind of neat. Yeah. In this movie to like show that, but they had a don't, pretty easy thing to yeah, do. Yeah, just you have that guy come back. There. <laughs> you got him under contract. Um, but instead, they just started just start throwing in this like gobbledygook of yeah. Oh wow, the chosen one and this and that and the other thing. And it's just and you have Katana who is a fighter in the games, but she yeah. never really gets to really fight. We have, right. see her have sort of this non-essential Practice fight, fight yeah. with Liu Kang earlier, but yeah. she j- instead she just sort of mutters, you know, uh, nonsense <laughs> from the water. sidelines. She says, use the element that gives life when he's fighting Sub-Zero, which makes him create an icicle dagger that stabs him through the chest. And then in the main fight, she just keeps saying, you know, defeat your worst enemy. Fight yourself. Yeah. And it's just nonsense. But it's her, but it's not his self, it's his brother. His long-departed brother that Shang, Shang Tsung killed before the movie began. Shang Tsung appears as his brother and tries to get him to, I don't know, die. But eventually, he's not fooled. He's not fooled because he's the chosen one. And also because he saw Shang Tsung transform. So Right. He was just there. I mean, Shang Tsung turns around, turns into his brother, and starts talking to him. And, and I'm like, am I supposed to believe that? Anyone will be fooled by this. But then there's also a part of me that's like, Liu Kang has not displayed himself to be a great mind in this universe. <laughs> yeah, that's So true. maybe he'll be fooled. Uh, they, they, at one point, they literally say, the rules are quite clear, which we were, we both yelled at the TV. We're like, no, they are not. And I don't think you, you would have had to do all that much to make the rules of this tournament clear. They could be bullshit rules, but at this point, they don't have a choice. You know, right? They could be like unfair rules or whatever. That's fine, but like the actual rules are never really set out. And so every time they're like, "You know the rules, Shang Tsung," we're like, "What are you talking about?" And yeah. there seems to be some understanding or agreement between Raiden and Shang Tsung, and we don't know what that is or what they talked about or what kind of history they have. And it's fine to refer to that if it doesn't, like you said, if it doesn't actually affect the plot, but it does. Right. And so we're like, what are or you Or if you have to? anything else I can hang my hat on yeah. that I can have, can have my feet grounded in something, but it doesn't. So every weird piece of information like that makes me go, should I be committing? Is, is that going to come into play later? Is this going to be on the quiz? Or <laughs> I mean, there is a weird moment. I noticed this... Um, that we have these three heroes that are just regular people that have been dragged into this tournament. Then all of a sudden, as the plot permits or as the plot requires, they suddenly have access to information that I have no idea where they got this information. Yeah. Um, I have no idea why they would be so confident about this information. We see uh, like, um, I just want to call her Cammy, but it's Sonia. Yeah. Sonia says Goro's never Racist. been beaten. She says, Goro's never been beaten. I'm like, where'd you hear that from? You just got here like the rest of us. Well, if he's alive, it's Mortal Kombat. I mean, I guess that's true. (laughs) Then that's true of everyone in Mortal Kombat. And this person's never been beaten. He's never fought, but he's never been beaten. (laughs) That's true. Um, And later, uh, or earlier on, um, Liu Kang, uh, when they arrive on the island where they're going to have the tournament, uh, Cammy is trying to reach her army buddies or whatever Sonya. uh and oh fucking christ <laughs> Sonia's trying to reach her army buddies and Liu kang's like it's not the problem with your radio check your compass 
And yeah. she checks her compass and it's spinning, which is a trope in movies that I am like, yeah. but it's like, why would you know anything about this? You yeah. just got here too. Yeah. He, and it would make sense if that he would have some knowledge of this because he knew about the tournament and entered himself, but we don't see that. Right. So it doesn't really make any sense in context. On top like, of which, like, there are people pulling off their own faces and no one seems to react weirdly. Yeah. Like Johnny Cage just kind of squints when Scorpion pulls his skin off his head. <laughs> and shoots fire And shoots him. fire at him. Yeah. Um, a reptile, which was this CGI atrocity. You said um, it looked like he was made of gushers. <laughs> I very much enjoy. Um, he is created to keep an eye on Katana. He does a horrible job. He yeah. kind of looked like Steve Buscemi's character in Monsters, Inc. He yes. was just sort of this creature writhing yeah. around, but having absolutely no texture. Gushers. Um, <laughs> and just, you never get a good look at him. He's just sort of like constantly moving yeah. because you know that the animator's like, never have him stay still. Yeah. Always have him moving so the eye can't really focus <laughs> on him. Um, but he gets thrown into a statue at one point yeah. and the statue consumes him Mm -hmm. and it comes to life. Mm -hmm. The statue looks like a gargoyle, but all of a sudden it looks like reptile, which looks exactly like Sub-Zero, which looks exactly like Scorpion. So I'm like, why would it suddenly come to life and why would it look completely different than it did it as a statue it makes no fucking sense but no one seems put out by it luke right. kang's just like another day another dollar another reptile cgi creation in a statue that comes to life and then they have that fight while like when johnny cage was literally standing right there and i it's fine if he like but they like never even it finds it if he's like i you know what this you, is luke kang's fight against a, a statue yeah but he, he just disappears and even when the fight is over he he's, never shows up, and right then in the next shot, he's just there again. No no need to say anything. God. That was weird. Um, we have to talk about... Uh, oh, by the way, Johnny, yeah. Johnny Cage is dressed the entire time like he just got back shopping from Express. Yeah. Just an olive green shirt, <laughs> pleated pants. That's what he fights in. Mm-hmm. Even when I get home from work, I at least untuck my shirt. But he's fighting <laughs> in a tucked-in shirt in pleated pants. I just got to hand it to him. Yeah. It's amazing. He's keeping that biz cash look going. Um, we have to talk about the scorpion spear. Um, oh, so in the, video game, in the video game, scorpion throws a spear on a rope. Well, like a, a harpoon almost. Harpoon, yeah. It's more like a harpoon. And then pulls you, get over here, and then uppercuts it's a big move it's like his big move like we talked about in the movie it comes from his hand it a slit appears and then a a spear head come or a harpoon head comes out and then it comes to life it's like a a live little demon well like a scorpion you know how scorpions do that with their claws and then the thing comes out and so that's weird and then agreed at one point when they're when Johnny Cage and Scorpion are fighting in the forest, it like follows them around all these trees and Johnny Kang just like zips around the trees Bugs Bunny style mm-hmm. and then it can't reach him because it's wrapped itself around too many trees. Okay. And then I'll give it I'll give that to you, movie. <laughs> and then it uh he gets it Scorpion gets it back and then shoots it again at Johnny Cage and he dodges it and the spearhead goes into the 
tree and just it splatters. Dead. It splatters because it's a creature that's alive. What the fuck was that? <laughs> you want me to unpack what all that was? Just what was that? Who thought that was cool? <laughs> First off, I guarantee you someone thought that was cool because it made it into the movie. One. Yeah. And I'm sure there was some 13-year-old who was like, that was awesome. Did you check out that part where Scorpion's whip got caught in a tree? I actually remember. That's the one thing I remember about seeing this movie now that uh, I was like, I remember being like, what the fuck is that? Even <laughs> when I was a kid. because it- It's also, it's very early CGI. It's yes. very rough. Yeah. I mean, even when the slit opens on the hand, it's cartoon, Scorpion yeah. kind of moves his hand a little bit, like just the actor, yeah. you know, naturally moves his hand a little bit, and the slit doesn't move, <laughs> yeah. so it, it's not synced up correctly. Not quite there. And, I mean, one of my favorite things is when th- things that could be filmed practically are not filmed right. practically. Yeah. I love it when, you know, on local lawyer commercials, they're like filmed in front of books, but it was obvious that they did it in front of a green screen. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you couldn't just find a bookcase you full have, of books. You don't have bookcases in your law offices. <laughs> um, no, nah, we'll just do this to the green screen. Um, but this, um, he gets his whips or whatever caught around all these trees and it shows this rough cgi whip you don't even see the head or anything that would need like rendering you just see it on a tree trunk and scratching up the tree trunk because it's straining against it i'm like why didn't you just get some get a rope get a rope (laughs) and paint it like a snake and just use that but it's just a piece of shit it just looks so horrible also in that scene is I learned that cartwheels are never intimidating no matter who's doing them <laughs> because Johnny Cage is looking around for Scorpion. He's like snu- he's like disappeared for a second during their fight and then out of the corner of his eye Scorpion just cartwheels into frame. <laughs> and I You kind of really expect funny. his like Russian gymnast coach to be like, "Scorpion, what are you doing? Never do a, We practice this. Never do a cartwheel. A uh, cartwheel. Oh boy. Uh the so when Johnny Cage does finally kill Scorpion, he throws a signed photo at him, which oh. is a reference to an actual fatality, which is a friendship fatality, which is instead of killing them, they like give them, he gives them a signed photo. Right. So. I saw that in the trivia. And I mean, as a person who didn't play that much Mortal Kombat, it's one of those things. It's kind of one of those things like in Marvel movies that I feel like is very prevalent nowadays now that we're knee deep in Marvel movies constantly where as a person who didn't read comics, I can tell when there's something being referenced, right. but I don't know what it is being right. referenced. Yeah. So I usually lean over to you in the scene. And I'm like, <laughs> why did they focus on that guy? And you're like, oh, well, that guy actually turns out in later on to be a villain of iron man (laughs) and i think they're hinting that he's there and i'm like instead it just creates this awkward beat where if you're not fully aware of what's going on you're just like i know something's happening but i don't know what the fuck's going on and in that one what i interpreted was why did scorpion have a signed photo of johnny cage on him is he just a giant fan and he was just trying to show his affection just didn't know how well and like there's a way the way you do that if you do it correctly you can make those references where the fans go ah and the people who don't just don't notice anything they either don't notice anything or they're like like, that's cool regardless right it's just cool on its own effort if he had made some 
quip early on about how, oh, God, fans are always after me. And then when he's over, he pulls out, signs it real quick and hands it to him. Even though it's stupid, you could have at least had some context to be like, oh. I could have been at least like, I guess I see what you were trying. Right. Much like those earlier scenes, like, it's not cool, but I see why you'd think it was cool. <laughs> right. Movie. You want to go to the verdict? Yeah. Okay. I look forward to it. <laughs> Yeah. What is your verdict? I actually am on the fence about this. I mean, as much nitpicking as I've made about this, it might be so bad that I can't say you should not watch this. I mean, it is a bad movie. This is a horrible movie. Yeah. It is made poorly, and they don't give any effort. Or, I mean, the sad thing is they do sort of make an effort. To, like, try and create characters you'd like and try and create fight yeah. scenes that would be interesting. But they're edited so poorly that you can't really get invested in any of the stakes of these right. fights. Even though they hired, like, they didn't hire trained actors. They hired fighters. And then they, like, chop up these fighting scenes into pieces. So you, that's neither here nor there. But this movie is so bad, I feel like it almost laps itself into <laughs> me saying, I think you should watch this movie. <laughs> I cannot disagree. <laughs> uh, this is a terrible movie. Don't watch it. No, your you child, should. Your inner child is an idiot. They don't uh, even talk like human beings would talk to each other. Yeah. What if the, What was that line that, that Luke Kang says early on? Oh, he says, are you telling me that you, a wise man, would not do this? Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, <laughs> he for- you, comma, a wise man, comma would not do this he forgot to pause yeah he forgot he just cruised right through it because he's a fighter you know in his defense the uh, copy editor forgot the commas oh but his hair i feel like you should just mm. tune in for Liu kang's hair that's true that might be worth the price of admission and his little spaghetti strap tank top he's a good looking man i'll give you that yeah um but i mean oh that was another not to get back into the previous part of the spot why weren't there more hot people in this movie this had, seems like a movie that is made for hot people to be in it you did have um brigitte uh, whatever sampras uh was that gal the teacher the teacher from uh billy madison oh that was uh she's good looking sonia sonia she's a good sonia sotomayor yeah Soon to be Supreme Court justice yes yeah she's she, uh, she's uh, married pete sampras <laughs> she's good looking uh and Katana, whatever she was, yeah, a good-looking like lady, Gal Gadot, kind of. Uh, and then you had Liu Kang, and then everyone else was just some sort of freak. Johnny Even the movie star was like, "Come on, we could have." Johnny Cage, we decided looked like a young Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> not not unhandsome, but no one's like going to bat for him or anything. Right, he's like in the DB Sweeney sort of realm of attractiveness. Like, mm, yep, you are definitely a person whose parts are all in place. <laughs> Good symmetry. You're not Quasimodo, so I guess <laughs> I will have sex with you because I have low self-esteem. Uh, before That's what we... I said to D.B. Sweeney once, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it was in a note. He never got it, but still. It was on the set of A Cutting Edge 3, a movie he wasn't even in. Uh, before before we start to talk about the comparison with Street Fighter. Uh, oh, right. Um I want to give an MVP award or a nominate. Oh, uh, the Catherine O'Hara Memorial MVP award. And that is to 
there's a scene in the when they're in the tournament in the the castle or whatever before they go to the not in the underworld but the uh, the sassel as Christopher Lambert says obviously at some point he says and they just didn't get a second take sassel uh, he has taken him to the emperor sassel and uh, they're they leave they're leaving a room and our where our heroes are chatting and we just see a guy in the background in jeans and a t shirt. <laughs> I don't know if he was an extra. I don't know if he was a grip. I don't know if he was. He didn't even. Look, he wasn't like dressed like a crew member. No, he was, he was almost dressed like a a, a French sailor. He, he was had like, like the striped t shirt, sort yeah. of muscular, just like waltzing around. He was definitely not in a relevant costume. If oh, he was in a costume, absolutely not. He was like he had just dropped bagels off and was trying to take a shortcut through the set. Oh, uh, you're not filming, are you? I just need to get through these columns here. He's my uh, MVP nominee. I would give him the Catherine O'Hara Memorial MVP award. Thank you. Um, for okay. his work, work for his work for his walking past. <laughs> um, for his burning of a small amount of calories on the set of Mortal Kombat. So this was a, this was a bad movie. Yes, Street Fighter was a bad movie. Yes, uh, this was better than Street Fighter to me. Yes, Do you agree. Uh, they. They both had lots and lots and lots of problems. Oh, yeah. But this one understood the one thing that you needed to do more than anything else was fight. And Street Fighter what? had some fights. But they Only saved the end. They saved most of it to the end. And they they tried to heavy lift more plot than they were capable of doing. And Mortal Kombat, while this one definitely had Many issues, many plot and much issues. plot issues that they like. You don't need to take this on, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. You can just just come here to do what you came here to do. But I think it was closer. I think it was like they were they were aiming in the right direction, which is like right. there's a tournament. There's some powerful out you know outlandish creatures, alien kind of type of thing. There's a guy with so many arms where I don't know where his shoulder blades would necessarily be. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they're fighting. And then yeah, Street Fighter poorly said, edited fights, yeah. but at least many poorly edited fights. I would say those these fights in Mortal Kombat were better. They were more interestingly shot than the Street Fighter fights. Yes, I would. I, they, I would say they were nominally better. Yeah, sure. I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, I can't really nitpick. I mean, someone's feet did make a make a clang so- sound when they hit a <laughs> That's sword, true. which is odd. Yeah. Um, but I mean, That's just it, just, it was a lot of like, I feel like fighting, like dance, like, you know, physical comedy. Like sometimes it's like, hey, you don't have to do a lot of editing work. Let these people who have trained to do this stuff just do it. Right. And stop cutting away every time someone's about to make contact with someone. Like, let let it let it do the do what let, why did i say that let it do what it do is what that's right yeah uh you can put that on my tombstone let it do what it do <laughs> when i was a an old man working in new orleans <laughs> that's what i used to say to everybody i age backwards like merlin and um <laughs> when I was, soon i will be a young boy but when i was an old man in new orleans in around 1948 <laughs> I would say, let it do what it do. Mortal Kombat, which people thought I was having a stroke. And to be honest, I was. But still. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. 
Mm. Call our hotline. Let us know what you'd want us to cover or what your thoughts are, what your memories are. 615-576-0525. We'll play your message on the show. You can email us at yourinnerchildisanidiot at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Y-I-C-I-A-I. You can find Damon on Twitter at Damon Zanth. You can find my new band on Twitter. Here at, we go. At It City Band. Um, you can uh, find us on Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff. We want to thank our current painters, including... Oh, uh, Jacob Grimm. Jeremy Pallin. Or, or are we doing them casually? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Pallin. Oh, uh, oh, I didn't see you come in. Joshua Nicholson. Uh, you know who I haven't heard from in a while? My friend Karen Curd. Larissa Maestro, let me buy you a drink. Uh, she's probably really excited about that uh, Captain Picard series that's coming up. Ooh, yeah. with Captain Picard original recipe. I'm not sure what Dan McIntyre would think about that, but I'll give him a call. Let's see what's happening. You know who I I think would be really pissed? Who? Mrs. In the Burbs. First name? Ghost. Yeah, Ghost, Ghost in the Burbs. Uh, J- Jonathan Day would really love to know more about that, and I think you should call him because you're the one that knows uh, <laughs> his number. Uh, Definitely. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate your support. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Finish him. Flawless victory. Wait, that seems... I I don't like doing the voice because it seems like I'm making fun of races.